Well, hello. Hello. You are listening to Shipped My Game, the world-renowned podcast where we talk about video games. Wow, world-renowned? Country-renowned. <laughs> wow, State-renowned. State-renowned. Friend-group-renowned. I wouldn't even say that. I would maybe even say that that's the one that pushes it. <laughs> <laughs> I am here with my co-host, Landon, and... Hello, G Bear. How you doing? Which is me. That is I. You are Myself, correct. Which is me. You are correct. That is me. We're here to talk about games. So, speaking of games that have been played in the world. Yeah, what you been playing? Oh, you said it. You said the line. I said it. I said what I was supposed to say. So, you know this about me that I'm all about platform fighters. Oh, yeah. You supers, live super, that platform supers, fighting. Super life. Mario Smash Bros. I play that. PlayStation <laughs> Battle Royale. I, I game that. The one that I've been playing lately, well, besides Slap City, because Slap City is eternal. Slap City slaps. Slap City slaps. Um, the other one that I've been playing lately, because this one just like came out pretty recently. Um, what is it? What is the name? I Icon. Yeah, Icon something like oh Icon's Combat Arena is the one that came out pretty recently. Um, they've had a bunch of like closed betas that I signed up for, but like I would never. They're always like, oh, our, here's our closed beta from like on Wednesday at like seven p.m. to seven thirty p.m. So I was like, oh, can't make it. I'll look at my watch. I'm like, can't, can't, can't do, do it. it. Can't do it. Uh, but now it's like in its like quote unquote early access phase where you can download it. It's free on Steam, and then like I think they do the thing where it's like you have a couple characters that you can you can play for free, and then it's very like they basically like kind of cribbed the whole like Overwatch style. Like if you boot boot up the game, a lot of their aesthetic is very Overwatch, where it's like the leveling up is very similar to Overwatch loot yeah. box page is very similar to overwatch like the oh, lore, the lore, the lore pages the like gear pages the customization pages for each hero it's very similar to exactly how it is set up in overwatch where like you click around you go to like the pages where you have your skins you have their lore all that stuff it's all very overwatchy but um so yeah you can like unlock characters by just like playing a ton of the game nice yeah, it's interesting because I think, I can't remember if it's Dota or League, but they have, like, one of their character designers is, like, a former, I think it's a, they're a former Riot person. So, like, that really, like, shines through a lot of their character designs. Mm-hmm. Like, they're very much kind of in that sort of family, like, the Blizzard slash, like, League of Legends type characters are kind of what their heroes look a lot like. Okay. Which is which is like good and bad. Like I think they're still like slowly working on trying to like find their own like their own kind of like style. Yeah. On that front. And they've been like iterating a lot of the character designs a lot, so they're better than like when the game got first announced, but mm-hmm. the gameplay is really solid. Um online's kind of rough, but that's always any game, whenever it launches on Steam, that's terrible online for, like, a while, but... Yep. Like, the matchmaking works. Like, if you want to play a platform fighter where you just, like, queue in and, like, play against random people, it works exactly for that, so... 
good. That's cool. I know some people who would like that. You're one of those, like, three people. Yeah, I'm that one person that wants that. <laughs> and that kind of is an interesting thing for that as far as, like, I like the game. I'm playing it a lot, and I probably will play it a lot, but it does kind of put into question, like, who is this sort of game for, so mm-hmm. to speak? Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a big question of, like, who the target audience for this is and, like, if this is actually satisfying any of the things that they would want this game to be. Because it's, like, if this game wants to be, like, let's say, like, the next, like, Smash game, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's Smash, but it's everything that, like, Nintendo wouldn't do for a Smash game. So, like, Smash, but, like, esports, quote-unquote esports, you know? Yeah. Like, what is the barrier of entry for people to play this? Because it's, like, that was always, like, a big thing for, like, let's say, like, Melee, where it's, like, oh, if you want to be good at Melee, you need to buy a decade-old console, a decade-old controller, which, I mean, they make new GameCube controllers, but, like, before, before they, like, re-release the GameCube controller. Yeah. There was, like, a dry spell of them. But, like, yeah, you needed all of these, like, decades-old equipment. Like, you needed a CRT, to be able to play this game. Mm-hmm. So it was like the barrier of entry was like pretty high for like Smash Melee. And then this game's just like, oh well, we're on the computer. But then that even like brings in its own set of like, well, who is it still for? Because it's like, do you need to have like a high end PC to be able to play this? Well this because this probably won't run on like a Chromebook, you know? Yeah. So like it still hasn't like really fixed the whole barrier of entry issue because it's like one, you need a pretty good computer. Two, you need a pretty good controller to play it because you're not going to play this on a fucking keyboard. Because mm-hmm. it's like, that's like the same, because they're trying to do like a League of Legends sort of thing with it. Oh, where they for, rotate. Or, well, I, I mean like in like the quote unquote accessibility of League of Legends. Like <clears throat> League of Legends probably runs on basically any computer. You know, yeah. like... And that's why it's, like, popular in, like, internet cafes and stuff like that, where it's, like, you don't have to be running, like, this high-end PC. You just need a thing that can connect to the internet and has a mouse mm-hmm. and keyboard, and then you can play, like, League. And I think they're trying to bring that sort of paradigm to a fighting game where there are certain variables that don't really sync up for uh for this type of game, you know? Okay. Like... They're not, like, they didn't make a game that's going to be able to run on, like, a shitty laptop, you know? So it's, like, the way, like, if this were to be a game that would either surpass or be, like, as competitive or, like, as viably competitive as, like, a Smash game, especially now Mm -hmm. that, like, the Switch is, like, oh, you can take it anywhere sort of thing, like, it would have had to have been a game where it's, like, you could just put it on a laptop and then plug into USB controllers and play it. And I don't quite think that it's there because it seems like it is kind of a higher end game like not like high high end but like not something that you could just run on high enough that yeah yeah. like you couldn't run it on like a school laptop sort of deal yeah so i don't know maybe they might be able to fix something on that end but there seems to be some like they're, they're trying to have like two different sort of like goals and they don't really kind of mesh together 
Yeah. You know, like they want this thing that like looks super, super nice and like has all this spectacle, but then they're also trying to, they're trying to comfort Nintendo, you know, like they're trying, they're trying to like be like, well, Hey, we're like a Smash Brothers game, but if it were, we're going to do what Nintendo don't. Yeah, literally. And it's like, and you could argue like, well, like, like what about Slap City? And it's like, well, Slap City is just trying to be fucking. I feel like Slap City is just trying to be like like melee in a very specific way and then its own thing in literally every other way sure yeah like it's trying to be melee in the sense that it's like oh well you can play this game competitively but like yeah that game you could probably run on just about anything oh absolutely looking forward to playing that on my uh my on on your ti-83 gateway yeah where the the gateway dude was like hey you're gonna get a dell dude or whatever, like that computer. Does Gateway still use like cow branding? I don't do you even remember think that Gateway exists anymore. I don't know if they do. I because I used to work at a Target, and I'm like thinking about how like they used to have like cow print shit. Is that yep. right, or am I so, am I like misremembering that? According to Wikipedia, this is pretty. Gateway was an American computer hardware company based <laughs> in South Dakota. <laughs> Wait, what? They're yeah, from here? Oh, wow. They were local. You didn't know that? No, I didn't, actually. Yeah, yeah they're local. Were. Uh, and then Acer bought them, and that's why they don't exist anymore. Holy yeah, shit. They, I didn't realize they were South Dakota. Yeah, they used... Like, East, uh, East River? Like, Brookings? Um, uh, Sioux City, uh, North Sioux City. So, oh. like, just so, barely... I- Iowa slash South Dakota. Yeah. We, like, um, have this weird... Like, Sister City sort of deal with Sioux City, don't we? Yeah, it's... Which, really, they can keep all of it, as far as I'm concerned. Whoa, okay. Dang. The the river, too. The river smells like shit. Alright, what games have you been playing, Land? (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, the first couple that I got on my list here are something that we can both talk about, because we've been playing both of them. Oh, sure, yeah, 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 Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, the best of the two, Octopath Traveler... Yeah. So, how has that been? I, I'm I'm still only like two hours in. Like I'm okay. not super far in. Yeah, I'm still decidedly. I'm still decidedly in the demo. I have not purchased the game yet. Oh, I'm glad you said that because I am also in that area. Although I plan on buying it, I love the game and I do plan on buying it. But I am squarely only in the demo area right now. See, like. And this is completely derailing, and I apologize, but, like, I was talking to one of my friends the other day, because he was asking me, like, what games that I've been playing, and, like, I'm in, like, this situation where I've got way too much shit to play right now. Oh, yeah. No, that's how life is these days. It's such a, like, it's a good place to be, but it kind of sucks. Like, I'm, like, overwhelmed with how many things that slash I want to play or slash just don't have time to play. Yep. You know? Because it's like, we've got Octopath. We have like some of the games we're going to be talking about next. Um, I still want to buy Captain Toad. I still want to oh, play yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that's out. Um, I still want to play Hollow Knight. Yeah, like, Hollow, Knight, Hollow Knight. Yeah, I'm like, wor- like I, I think, because I'm probably going to buy Octopath. And I think Octopath is going to be the game that I play. In between all the other games? Well, I think Octopath is what I'm going to be playing between now and when um, Monster Hunter comes out. Because, like, once Monster Hunter comes out, like, that's, like, 
that's my schedule from like august until like smash comes out in like december god damn i mean obviously i'm gonna play games in the middle but it's like like something like hollow knight like i don't know if i want to pick up hollow knight while i'm already like considering digging myself into octopath you know yeah that's fair and then stuff like like dead cells like is, did that come out on Switch yet, or is that like... Uh, that is out in a couple weeks. Because but... it comes out when like the game like officially comes out early August, yeah. right? Yep, yep. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Did you see that article about that talked about um, the uh, game devs at for, for dev, Dead Cells? No. Yeah, so the... Because it's like a French company that makes Dead Cells, and they... This, the way that their game, their game dev team is structured is... They are, it's like a completely flat company. There is no boss of, of that game development studio. That's awesome. So everybody that works on that dev team gets paid the exact same. So all of the like quote unquote coders, like all the programmers, all like the sound designers, like people who make the music, everybody on the team gets the exact same pay. That's fucking rad. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. And, I mean, it works out really well for them because they've got this really fucking popular game right now that's like, doing really, really well. So, oh, yep. Here on their website, we don't have a boss. We're all equal. And we wanted that to show, both in our games and uh, both in how our games are made and the way we organize ourselves. That's fucking cool. Yeah, for real. I really like that. Wow. Yeah, I, that makes me really glad that I've supported that game for as early as i have and will definitely be picking up this uh, switch version yeah wow. see and yeah and that's one of those games like just like hollow knight where it's like i really really liked the sounds of everything that i've heard about it but i did want to wait until like i wanted to like cross my fingers and say like well maybe it'll get a switch version because like yeah yeah same with hollow knight and like now like that time has come and it's just like well shit and that's like that's definitely a game where I, I think you could pick that up, and it's very much a run-based roguelike. Like, I've been playing a lot of it, and it's just a... Right. Well, I've had my fill of this, and I made progress, and I figured out more bits and pieces. And it, it's very Spelunky and rogue legacy in not really how it's set up, like, level-wise. I mean, they're, they're all kind of similar in different aspects but this is very much like uh the type of roguelike where it's just purely okay i learned something new i don't feel like i failed even though i just died horribly like there is some like learning and some depth to the actual systems themselves that make each progressive playthrough that much more engaging and i i think you would knowing the roguelikes that you like, I think you would very much like Dead Cells. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, I've actually very purposefully, like, not really watched any footage of it, but I've heard people talk about it a lot. I mean, I've heard you talk about it a lot. Yep. And I definitely kind of, like, hitched my my wagon to the whole will buy it, but just wanted to wait for that Switch version, you know? Yeah, it's... They seemed quiet for uh, a couple years there, but roguelikes are hitting hard and fast again. Yeah, roguelikes um, are pretty big. I'm pretty that uh, that new Enter the Gungeon update came out. Yeah, so is that a free update or is that like a yes. DLC? Oh, it's okay. Yep. Yeah, I should pick that up because I ha- I bought it on Switch, so I should 
I should see how that is. Yep, I've I've had it on PC for quite some time, and I had it on PS4, played a ton of it, and I just bought it on Switch. So and yeah, so played a lot of it on Switch. I guess if anyone hasn't played this game before, it's like a twi- twin stick is the right word for it, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a twin stick style. shooter. Yeah, it's a twin stick shooter, roguelike, where you just kind of travel through this dungeon, yeah, and all all, all of the, the all uh, the characters and enemies are very gun gun based, gun so. and ammunition based. Yep. Yeah, that's um, kind of the whole the whole shtick. The main like crawlers that you'll come across are just bullets that shoot guns that shoot bullets at you. Mm-hmm. Um, bullets, bullets all the way down, baby. Yep. And oh. uh, yeah, it's just, it's very it's very interesting. It's it kind of takes the best of a lot of the other roguelikes out there and mm-hmm. it just adds that shooting gunplay to it that uh on things that aren't the switch on things that i can or that i own a normal size controller for feels very very good uh yeah playing it with the joy cons yeah it my right hand cramps up so bad because you've got your trigger up at the top that you have to pull for shooting but then you've also got that awkwardly placed stick that's like midway down that it just doesn't work as well as it should. Um, but I, that's not the game's fault. That's, that's more just, I think they should make another set of joy cons that are similar on both sides. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's, that's intent. And I'm not going to say it's like a mistake or anything, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just a little little thing I don't like about the hardware. That's there's a there's a video of one of those nice boys from uh, the uh, what is it? What is that show? The, the MythBusters. Yeah, one of those MythBusters boys has a video. Like he made it like right when the Switch came out, where he was just like, "I love my Switch, but the 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 Joy Cons are so got darn they're so got darn small." <laughs> so he like makes like a little spacer. Where it's like, he like 3D printed like this thing where like you hook that into the Switch, like the screen itself, and then mm-hmm. you hook that expansion part, you hook the Joy-Con onto that. So like essentially it's like a piece of plastic in between the Joy-Con and the actual Switch itself to just kind of space <clears throat> out where the Joy-Con is. He essentially made okay. a bigger Joy-Con is what he did. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that that's a good idea. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, I'm surprised that like there have because you know there's a lot of like people who have made like really cool Joy-Con mods that like you can buy that sort mm-hmm. of thing. I'm surprised that like bigger Joy-Cons have not been like popularized quite. Yeah, yet. I haven't like really seen. You know, I haven't seen Mad Cats. You know, like dropping it on the scene as they as they are wont to do. Well, I wonder. Uh, a, that's because Mad Cats is dead. No, they're uh, not. Mad yeah, Cats is back, baby. Are, oh, right. Yeah. Some, yeah, Mad like, Cats French is company like back. bought the yeah. name. Mad Cats is back, baby. But I, I wonder if the reason that we don't see like different types of Joy Cons is because uh, I would assume Nintendo has some proprietary thing for that, where it's just like, hey, we're the only ones who can make Joy Cons. Oh, sure. All, yeah. Actually, also the consoles. So yeah, and because that's the same. It's the same like founding principle behind all of those quote-unquote 
oh, we made a new Switch dock, or like we made a cooler version of the Switch dock sort of thing. Have you ever seen any of those? Yeah. Yep. Where it's like they're explicitly not allowed to put in like the Switch dock boards in those. So what you have to do is you have to take <clears throat> your currently existing Switch dock, gut it out, and then put all of the electronics into what is essentially their piece of plastic that they sold you for fifty dollars. Yeah. So it might be that sort of the same thing where it's like, oh, we will make this new design Joy-Con for you, but you have to buy regular Joy-Cons and rip them open and send us all the pieces. Yeah, I could I could see that. I mean, I could also see people making their own, like, homemade, like, hey, I 3D printed this Joy-Con. That's literally what Adam Savage did. Yeah. Are you sure it was Adam Savage? He doesn't seem like a, a modding modding guy i'm pretty sure it was i might be wrong but i'm not gonna look it up right now i have been thinking about buying the uh like the case mods for the joy cons and the switch itself um just because some of those look really really cool Mm -hmm. and they make they make a a game boy advance purple they make a uh nintendo 64 purple yeah those are really cool and you can also replace like you can get uh like gamecube colored buttons you can get snes colored buttons you can put an actual goddamn d-pad on the left joy con as as it should be as god intended so yeah there's a lot of cool mods out there for the nintendo switch yeah for sure i would not endorse any of them but yeah, because they haven't go- given us any of that money. Yeah. If any of them yes. give us some money, then maybe we can talk. But if all that Chuck E. Cheese money kind of ran out. So yeah, we were out of that Chuck E. Cheese money. It didn't kinda last needs... very long. Yeah, it, it, it It's surprising uh, how quick you can go blow through money like that. Yeah. It's funny. You said blow. Cause I definitely bought a lot. Of <laughs> remember that. Remember that ant simulator team. That, like, kickstarted their game for, like, Ant Simulator 2015 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, And then they spent all of their Kickstarter money on hookers. <laughs> yeah, hookers and liquor. Like, it's... Not everyone should have a Kickstarter, but also shout out to those dudes for doing it right. It literally do be like that sometimes. <laughs> like, sometimes you're like... Working on a thing that's kickstarted, and then you're like, you know what I need right now? Some cocaine. Cocaine, liquor, and strippers. And that's all I need. And, you know, eventually we'll make this ant game, but right now, really, I it's need really, cocaine. Yeah, really fuck whoever donated to this game, because it's like, it was an ant game. What did you expect? Yeah, yep. Like, what did you expect? Okay, so what other games did you play? So that was Octopath. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, that, that then... was Octopath. Uh, <laughs> we've both been playing not together, but separately. Uh, no man's, no man's guy, no, no man's ga- guy, no buy for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the next expansion came out for No Man's Sky. Um, this is an interesting game, you know. Yeah. Shoutouts I... to our boy Dylan. Uh, he was on yeah. a few weeks back. 
told us to buy this game, so we both Talked did. We both it. pulled up, pulled our credit cards out, and spent one hundred and twenty dollars collectively to buy this game. No, I already had it, so uh, um, I only paid thirty dollars because it's on sale on Steam. That's nice. So, anyways, he. I had been thinking about getting back into the game, but like Dylan really kind of pushed me over the edge about, you know, finally doing it. So I yeah. booted it back up. This was before the next um, expansion came out. So like, it's interesting. So like I have now, it's weird that how much that game has changed to the point that like, so I played it when the game came out. I played it again when, with like the Atlas rising expansion. Mm-hmm. And then I played it again now with the next expansion. And those three experiences were effectively three di- three different games. Yeah. So it's, like, really wild, like, how much the game has, like, improved and just, like, in general changed. Especially with the onboarding. I think every iteration, like, the onboarding for the game has gotten, like, tremendously better. Yeah. So, I guess I want to hear, like, what was your experience with the next expansion? So, like, next changed a lot of a lot of how the loot works, a lot of how the crafting works, like, yeah. a lot of the elements that you collect, the, that you mine, like, completely overhauled, a lot of, like, oh, you need these things to survive, a lot of that has been overhauled. It's, and it's in third person now. Yeah. Uh, so, what um, was it like? What was your first experiences on your procedurally generated planets or randomly generating planets how was um i'm i like it i'm only like two hours in sure um but i do remember it being a little bit tougher than it was uh the story quote unquote is completely different from what i remember it has a story now so yeah uh, that is decidedly very different because you haven't played since the game came out right uh no yeah i haven't played probably since like the month after it originally came out yeah so like any of that like oh i'm following this like signal you know yeah all of that all of the all of that is the atlas rising expansion so like all of that is like new as of last year okay all of that stuff is new so like before like onboarding was just like hey you're on this planet that sucks and now it's like the story is like really driving like oh this first part we're going to teach you how to fix your ship and then next part is oh we're going to teach you how to build a house and then blah 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 you know something that i know i'm never going to do i don't know like, like i like so i didn't really do a lot of the base building stuff until like the part where they kind of like have you do it in yeah. next and it's actually like pretty neat like it does it is kind of like a drag for at first like when you don't really have any materials or anything like that but the the no man's sky twitter account which is literally just sean murray's twitter account uh posted <laughs> this really funny video earlier today where he was like so the base building is like quote unquote unlimited so like as long as you slap a base down on a planet you're allowed to like build around as much as you want Okay. So, like, this, like, essentially what he did was he made, like, this gigantic, like, elevator. Did he make a space elevator? I mean, pretty much. Oh, wow. This is an elevator where it was, like, he was in, basically, in orbit, like, at the very top of it. And he jumps off of this, I'd say more of a diving board, I guess. And this is, like, a maybe, like, 30-second video of a dude in free fall. For 25 seconds, 
and then he hits the water at the very bottom and like just to give you like to give you an idea of like this is how big of a base you could build theoretically mm-hmm. so it was like it was a diving board that like started up in the stars and he just jumps all the way down onto the planet and it takes like 30 seconds for him to hit the ground jesus so like you could theoretically make like a base that's that large so yeah you know i'm sure there are going to be some people that are going to go absolutely buck wild on having those kinds of things available to them mm-hmm. so i i will say it's so far i've been enjoying it but it is still i forget how tedious survival games in general can be and mm-hmm. i think that's that's just a symptom of the the genre as a whole um i i don't think you can do those things and not have them be tedious to me at least in some aspects sure um but it it does seem much more full-fledged yeah and uh it seems like an actual large big game now which mm-hmm. is very exciting to see and i'm excited to play more of it i just have to be in the right frame of mind yeah we'll have to know? play together sometime at some point yeah because... that would be very fun i haven't played a survival game with you since minecraft back in the day <laughs> damn it's been a while huh that was and like... i i know there is at least two or three times where we would start playing and then oh whoops it's six in the morning yeah that uh, was like 2012 20 yep yeah that was a long time ago let me see if i can turn this volcano into a giant dick yep did it uh I actually I keep thinking about playing Minecraft. Wasn't there one of these episodes where I talked about becoming a Minecraft influencer? Oh yeah, you should totally become a Minecraft Twitch streamer. Yeah. Um anyways, so there was one one last like No Man's Sky thing. Uh, there was a, someone on Twitter, I think it was like Rit Nelson who had a Is this a major? A major? No, not every Nelson on Twitter is a major, but we do have some we do have some major Nelson related news coming up after oh, this shit. but um he had this Twitter thread it was a really good one about like some of the I guess I guess emergent gameplay is the word for it in No Man's yeah. Sky but like it was like this adventure that he and like his group of people they like went to this planet that was like labeled as a dormant planet so no life on it whatsoever they get down onto it there's like an a- there's a bunch of like alien eggs and they're just like fucking around with these eggs for a while and then out of nowhere like they get this like really urgent reading on the that the game prints out where it's like god i can't remember it's like oh yeah biological horror detected what like when they're just on this this planet that was allegedly not inhabited whatsoever just how did mike pence get to their planet (laughs) The biological horror. (laughs) And then, like, the rest of this thread is talking about them, like, basically fighting off these aliens and trying to, like, survive this, like, alien onslaught that just, like, happened randomly. And it's just, like, kind of these, like, random sort of fucking stories where it's, like, no one really, like, no one scripted this to happen. Yeah. They just, like, set up all these pieces to just kind of fuck with you. It's cool that... that this is now the kind of game where stuff like that can happen. Yeah, and it's like, maybe that sort of thing could have happened before, but it's like, I think the multiplayer part really helps, like, make it... Because, like, that story would have been, like, cool, but, like, I think a big part of it was, like, that this person was 
experiencing this with another one of their friends and they were both like freaking out they were like oh no leave me behind save yourself that sort of shit where it's like yep. there's that element <clears throat> of we're fucking in this together like you know back to back mode in yep. uh two brothers or whatever that game was <laughs> oh army of two army of two <laughs> those games rule i will not have you besmirched the name of army of two those games were like a good back to Gears co- of War one co-op sniping mode. Yeah, yeah those games were literally rule. Gears. Those were literally Gears one, which is yep. like a really funny angle to have when it's like, oh, we're Gears one, but we're co-op, and it's like Gears one was still co-op. Yeah, but yep. like, no, I get it. Like, because they had the co-op sniping and like back-to-back mode, and like, man, I miss, I miss couch co-op. Yeah, like. Couch co-op is, like, not really pushed anymore. Because now everyone wants to make a fucking Battle Royale, so they're putting all their money into Battle Royales. So I was I was just about to talk about how my favorite trend of the last couple of years has been just everything having, quote-unquote, emergent gameplay in it, right? Like, Yeah, I mean... You, you think about, like, what the most popular games of the last couple of years have been. And, uh, and which I, ones would that be? The I think the the three biggest would be Breath of the Wild, which okay, that game yeah, is just wall to wall. Okay, yeah, I, 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 will, I will admit that that one does have emergent gameplay. Okay, um, I think it not in the same way, but I think PUBG and Fortnite are also both emergent gameplay. Uh, sort of. Just I in, guess... in the the amount of of options that are available to you as a player means that you never have the same game twice. Well, see, so I don't know if that's necessarily emerging gameplay, but it's more of this, in that Battle Royale games are the closest we will get to feasibly well-designed multiplayer roguelikes. Yes, yes, that is exactly it. Like PUBG and Fortnite, they're roguelikes. Yep. You know, like, every match of Fortnite is a run, quote-unquote. Yep. Yep. Like and I think Definitely. that might I think that might be more of what you are speaking to. Yeah, that I think that's like that's when I like when I hear descriptor. yeah, like when I hear emergent gameplay, I think like we set up XYZ systems and they're yeah. broad systems that you can use to create something that we potentially never really fathomed you could you know. Yeah. And that was the idea of it. Where it's like I don't think anything in like Fortnite really or PUBG really do that but they do have that sort of level of random like randomness and like randomness is like a very like it's kind of selling it short yeah it's a generic descriptor for the like for what really happens crazy shit that can happen in either of those games yeah um yeah i guess i guess that makes more sense calling those more roguelikes than yeah but i i wouldn't like you have a point. Like I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. And like, I think there is it. Like with those games, they do have a lot of. They put a lot of the uh, expectations on the player to create these interesting yeah. situations. And you I think have that to I think that's what. Yeah. I think that is what you're alluding towards. Yeah, and the, you're the right. Same as, like, is, yep, it's exactly the same with Breath of the Wild, uh-huh. with Grand Theft Auto, you know, with anything like that that has these massive amounts of systems yeah. that interact with you and each other. Yeah, I um, think Breath of the Wild is like a really 
fascinating version of it where it's like oh absolutely because like because it is a solo adventure like you literally cannot play breath of the wild multiplayer yep yeah it, it's nintendo solo. nintendo if you're listening nintendo nintendo if you want to give send me, us some money give, give, me, give me money breath. for giving us yeah to sell us this breath this, of the battle royale like but no for re- like for real i would pay a ridiculous I, amount I would of pay money. Hundred dollars, like yeah, I would pay a hundred dollars for Breath of the Wild, but you can play it with three of your friends. Yep, like together. Yep. And it's like you know they already did like the Four Swords thing where they already split Link into four different Link boys. So like, there's already the precedence there for Link to be split into multiples of of Link's <laughs> self. Yep. So like. Having presenting this idea is not like Aonuma is not going to see this and be like well, that that just won't do, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he like furrow his brow and he's just like this is fucked up. I mean, I would even take you know a if PUBG wanted to add you know some creative system like a fire propagation system. Or and granted that that would all be extraordinarily taxing. Like the more systems you add on to a multiplayer game, the more taxing it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But just thinking about a PUBG with even a smidge of the systems that are in Zelda makes that game immediately cooler and more interesting. Oh, for sure. Like and it it opens up a bunch of doorways to. Uh, just crazy gameplay shit, and that that game's already filled with that, you know, like that because it doesn't need it, but it's that much more would be just that much more interesting to see. You know what? Here's my proposal. What if we made just this one big games engine so that you could create all of these systems baked into this engine? Dude, this so is, that, that so sounds we, pretty we, unreal. Yeah, we, we could, let's, let's call it unreal. And so every developer doesn't have to, like, create, like, oh, here's our fire system. Here's our particle effects. Here's our whatever, whatever. You just pay the licensing fee for this engine. And, you know, all of your games have all these, all this shit. There you go. And then, you you know, you could you could sell this to, to companies. <laughs> There's a, a, a lot of crazy ideas. Yeah, it, it sounds pretty unreal. Uh, so you wanted to present this big rumor about microsoft microsoft's been been you know running their gums flapping their gums a, bit, a bunch yeah this past um, week about some some top secret shit yeah uh well going back to e3 this year which i still think that they had maybe the best presentation at e3 uh, just all around it was incredible i think solid, the i think the best pre- i think mm, i think it was the best presentation but I think it was the best presentation, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Like, did they have the best exclusive games? No. Were they no. the ones who showed the games off? Yes. Yes. Yes, capital yeah. Y-E-S. 
They did a um, really, really good job showing the games that they did show. Yeah, and all all of the games. They showed so many games. They showed so many fucking games. And they did um, a really good job at showing a lot of those games. Yep. Uh, but one of the things they talked about was uh, they confirmed that, yes, they are working on the future of Xbox, quote-unquote. And it's always these vague terms that really I feel like they shouldn't even be talking about this shit until it's like, it's coming next year and we'll just tease you. But instead, like this year, they were like, it's the future. And then slowly but surely some shit leaks out about it and it's they haven't really started full-fledged work on them. Uh, they do have a generic plan. Uh, they're going to be two main consoles. One is just a full-fledged, beefy console. Uh, but the other, more interesting one is uh, they're actually going to be releasing a streaming version of this new console. Which I think you're going to see probably PlayStation do exactly the same thing. Sure, um, yeah. And they're already doing, you know, streaming PS3 games to PS4s, so uh, you could very much see them doing this same thing in a forward-facing manner. And the interesting thing about this Xbox one, though, is that it, it is powerful enough to actually do some of the processes on board, um, where I think it's hit detection and rendering. A lot of that it handles on board to actually alleviate a lot of the issues that come with, you know, streaming these giant, massive games. Um, it sounds interesting, and this could all just be kind of horseshit and not actually pan out to be true. But from what's out there right now, it sounds very, very interesting. Uh, and it'll be cool to see exactly where everyone kind of takes this future of streaming. Now, it's not a perfect thing, because... A lot of people out there have, like, bandwidth caps, and that shit sucks. Like, that kind of makes any sort of streaming anything impossible, especially in our, our current nightmare potential future where just the basic premise and idea of net neutrality just is 100% disregarded, which it looks like that will probably be the case. Pretty much, for, um, from here on out. So, it's... It'll be weird, but interesting to see how this all plays out with how the actual billion-dollar corporations who control the internet decide it should go. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's like I like the idea of this because yeah, it is just kind of like very cool. oh, we can we can let these like we can let people who cannot afford a like five hundred six hundred dollar console to play the games that would be on a $500, $600 console. But it's like, in practice, like, these people buying like this, let's say it's like $200 is like what their price point is. It'll probably mm -hmm. be more than that. Like, $200, and then you'll end up having to pay like a, like, $100 plus dollar plan for really, really nice internet. $200 probably, likely. Like, yep. maybe like $150 range for like this, like, oh, we have internet speeds and internet like Quote total unquote, amount no caps yeah, yeah like yeah whatever your cap would be to allow you to play this game from start to finish with a good latency with a good graphical fidelity yep to justify having this not as expensive console you'll end up paying per month a very expensive amount and like yeah 
So that's one part that I don't like. And then the second part is like, I'm curious about like the general ownership of these games. Like, do you actually get to own these games? Because it's like... I would almost assume that it will all just be tied into... Games Pass. Because Xbox does their Games Pass. Sure. So I, I would assume it's like, hey, anything in the Games Pass, that's is what on you our get. servers. We can guarantee that you can stream that at full fidelity at any time you want. Yeah. Uh, and that's why you're paying for drink Games Pass. I'm also expecting them to wrap up Games Pass and Xbox Live Gold into just one, one thing. overarching thing. I when that, that comes out, sense. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm assuming that their only guarantees for that streaming thing will be first party Xbox games and then any other games that anyone is willing to give them and let them hold server side. And that will my guess would be a rotating list of like, hey, the rights expired on like Street Fighter Four or whatever streaming on this, so we can't have that. But hey, we just got some Tekken rights, let's put Tekken on there, you know, like that sort of stuff. I could very much see being the case with this specific to this new console. Mm-hmm. Um. So, do we want to talk about any other news, or do we want to just kind of? Uh... Well, <laughs> I think we should probably go on to next the, the whatever the fuck we had to do for the rest of this episode. Okay. Yeah, we've got some other news, but we can we can make you talk about that later. I don't. Know. Yeah, we can. That can be in another episode, maybe. If yeah. <laughs> If there might be a good ending to it, who knows? But <laughs> probably not. Um, so the game we're talking about this week, the series. So if you, yeah, if you guys haven't listened to our podcast before, the general idea of every <laughs> single episode so far is which we haven't. This is the first episode we've done this, or second episode, second episode we've done. I mean, this. we do this. Yeah, sure. Uh, so the premise of the show is we take a beloved game series. Yep, a franchise, if you or will. Or franchise, as you will. And we make... Or we, we, we pontificate what would be our version of that franchise. Like, the next game in that in that pantheon. Yep. You know, if we got the reins on what have you, if, company... If, if Martin Ubisoft walked was, up to you and was like, Here, I want you to have this. And he hands you a sheet of paper and it just says Tom Clancy on it. So that he can once again become Martin Short. Because he was originally <laughs> Martin Short, but then James Earl Ubisoft gave him <laughs> the Ubisoft piece of paper. So then he no, he ceased to exist and became he, Martin Ubisoft. So, so now you are Jubersoft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jubersoft. And Martin Short is just like, I'm free. I'm I am free. I'm fucking and he, free. He clicks his heels and then Steve Martin shows up and they leave together. So So yeah, we've got question. the we've got the Ubisoft piece of paper, and that Ubisoft piece of paper says, Congratulations, you have to make a Tom Clancy game this week. What Tom Clancy game do you make? Do you want me to go first? Because I, I, I think of the two of us, I am the most. Well, I think I can go. I think I can go first, and I might just kind of. I'm just gonna shoot my shot because. Okay, yeah, you, so you shoot I really. Shot you got it. So my first experience with Tom Clancy was. <laughs> um, so we had like a bunch of like bookmarks. You know, you remember what bookmarks are, right? Yeah, those yeah, little yeah, pieces yeah. of like paper or plastic that you can like 
put inside of a book too yeah it's, it's like this little like plastic lined piece of paper with yo-yo ma on it that says read yeah like read you fucking dumbass but I'm no so this ma, so this one was it was a bookmark for <laughs> tom clancy's the sum of all fears oh hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah the ben yeah. affleck film and hell my sister yeah. and i thought it was really funny to like take because we had like a bunch of these tom clancy bookmarks for some reason <laughs> And so, like, we, like, graffitied over this thing. <laughs> and I can't remember exactly what we made it, but I think we made it into, like, the sum of all P. <laughs> <laughs> this was, like, a you, long time ago. You were originally, like, like the this sum of like all peers. Sum of like, all yeah, P's. That, that, that's, just, uh, that's just teamwork. And then you're like, wait, nope. The sum of all P's. The sum of all P's. Because that was, like, what, 18 years ago, <laughs> maybe? Oh, uh, the film, The Sum of All the Fears, like... came out in 2002. Uh, oh, that was, post-9/11 yeah, that was a post-9-11 joint. Yeah, and a nuke goes off in Baltimore in that movie. Yeah. A dirty they, bomb. Can't believe they pulled that off. Like, you can't believe George Bush wasn't just like, yo, you can't do this shit. This, this movie's illegal. We li- yeah, we live in a new world. We live in a new society. Like, remember, like, he cracked down on, like, Green Day, you know? Yeah, he was like, listen, <laughs> this band are the real American idiot. Yeah. I can't believe he, like, let Tom Clancy just do whatever the fuck he pleased, apparently. Yeah, so, okay, so Maybe Tom Clancy fan? had, like, this, like, immunity sort of status where like george bush like knighted him or something where he was like all clancy crimes are legal in my <laughs> he, he touched him with the book that he was reading when he was told about 9-11 and it's like uh this when i touch you with this this means you can do whatever you want so okay so you're a big fan of the summer so, yeah Wolf yeah years. life lifetime clancy fan not really i've dabbled in the games like i've played like splinter cell that's the one where you get to sneak around and you get to to shoot people really quiet, right? Uh, yeah, Splinter Cell is the sneaky shooty one. Okay. And then we've got Vegas, Rainbow Six Vegas, where you get to sneak around and shoot people. Uh, that's less sneaky, more a uh, a breach and clear, if you will. Sure, and that's like what Siege is too. More of because uh, that's you also know, in that Rainbow Six. Yeah, that that one's more of like uh, those two years we had in high school, you know, dealing with the SWAT team and whatnot. Oh, oh, fuck. Oh, okay, so holy <laughs> shit. Okay, so this is gonna be this is gonna take us back to uh, last week's episode or two weeks ago's episodes, uh, where we talked about Pokemon. So. <laughs> Uh, I forgot to tell this story, and it's really funny because in that first Pokemon episode, I might have cut it out. I think I cu- actually cut it out, but we were talking about Pokemon Pearl, and I like didn't decide to land in, and I was like, hey, you need to remind me to tell this story when we talk about Pokemon Pearl. And I never did, and I, and I never, apologize. Well, I think it's probably better that you didn't, but um, so in 2007, when, you know what? Hmm. We don't have time to tell this story. <laughs> now that I think about it. We're here to talk about Tom Thomas Clancy. Yes, Tom Thomas Clancy. 
Thomas Clancy. We've okay. we've got to we've got to tell we've got Tom's story to tell right now. We can so, tell my story later, but Tom's story so yeah. is tonight. So there's there's your Splinter Cells, your Rainbow Sixes, your Hawks. We've got Hawks. Is that Hawks is, is the jet fighter one? That hasn't they they haven't really been doing that lately, huh? N- no, they made like two of those ten years ago, and then we're like, whoops. No one wanted these. Our bad, guys. Yeah, I mean, when you try to go against any of these Ace Combat, you gotta really, you gotta really bring your A game. And I think they brought their C minus. They brought game. their Hawks game. It turns out, and mm. no one wanted that. Okay, what about Ghost Recon? That's all about busting drug lords. It's all about shooting people out in wide open spaces. Mm-hmm. Doing um, co-op sniping. They yeah, brought back. They brought back that two brothers co-op sniping. Because I know oh. in, in wild in Wildlands you can like, you can do like synchronized sniping. Yeah, which is the closest thing to co-op sniping that we it, have ever just seen. In a side here, um, I haven't played the full game, but uh, I have tried to play. There was uh, a couple like betas, and then also a post-release demo. Of Ghost Recon's Wildlands. And those games are the worst feeling shooting games I have ever played in in any aspect. They really? are. Oh, it is. Every aspect is floaty, except for the vehicles, which feel like you're driving through pools of butter. Um, it It is one of the worst feeling video games I have ever played. Just, and you know, people out there like them. They're allowed to like them. I just think that they feel really, really bad. So, uh, yeah, that's that's Wildlands. <laughs> um, so here we have laid out all these sorts of Thomas's Clancy's games. Well, don't forget the division, though. Oh, it's the division. division, which is actually a very good feeling first person shooter mm-hmm. uh, or a third person shooter. So I don't know the disconnect there. Uh, but yeah, so there's like a wide array of like shooting people with guns sorts of games you know i think the division would be a good kind of jumping board so are you pitching like the division three is that what you're saying or esque okay well so i want the like i want like the the world size of the division so like I want like this kind of like so- pseudo like persistent world like you want a destiny esque uh, yeah I want a destiny esque and this is my my easiest like in for that is to just plot myself into the divisions world okay yeah I think that's like a good I think that's a good place for us to play around I think there's a lot of toys that we can play around with that yeah because like yeah, all like... the other ones it's like I think they have like a more of like a specific structure that we can't really like mess around with too much mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. So. Something that's, you know, it's like cover-based shooting, mm-hmm. and you got, like, you can throw, like, grenade robots at people. Yeah, so some sort of, like, track them high, down. Yeah, and, it's this, like, high-tech, libertarian, post-apocalyptic world where it's, oh, like... Oh, love it. Can't wait. All I've got We're is so my... so close to it. I've got my god and my guns, and Hell that's yeah. all I need. It's like god, guns, and beer. The three Gs. God guns and good beer. <laughs> okay. So So my so I think I think now that and bless and, and you know, rest in peace, rest in peace, rest in peace, that now that Tom Clancy is dead and dead and gone, 
you Dice know, done, yeah. no longer no longer with us. I think we can finally kind of push the Tom Clancy name in places that he was never really comfortable, like pushing the envelope. You know, like I think he oh, really wanted I... the envelope to stay in certain locations, and I think we're gonna push those. Do you want? Are you gonna make these divisions fuck? So we can maybe there could maybe be a little bit of fucking, but. I don't okay. think that's going to be the, the primary that's, goal that's here. That's not the selling point here. Yeah, like, we're not going to, like, do that sort of thing. I mean, we might. We could. Actually, we should. What I think, I think there's been a little bit of magic that's been missing from, from Tom Clancy's games in a while. And I think we, I know just the thing that could really bring that magic back in. Yeah, what's that? Magic. <laughs> <laughs> so is this, okay... Let me see if I'm picking picking up on this correctly. So you're like playing the division or some mm-hmm. other you know generic Tom Clancy shooter, and you're like walking through a mall that's just completely deserted, and you like walk through a game store to your left, and you're like, oh, I wonder if they have a Black Lotus card in there. And you walk in there, and you look through all the magic cards, and there is nary a magic card to be found with the words Black Lotus on it. Is that what I'm? Am I right? I'm thinking more like Harry's Potter type of magic. So like, oh. you're walking around in the division, and then you see another, you see an enemy team that's you know like raiding this like canister of documents about the president. They they found the P tapes, and yeah, sure, you know. Okay, okay. And you want to be the ones to to release the P tapes to the to the people. So you say. So you pull out your gun and you try to shoot them pew 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 and your your bullets don't quite hit them. So you're like we're too close for guns. Okay. I'm switching to magic and you pull out in your other pocket you had your wand and you send out this gigantic like lightning bolt at this guy and it shocks Fuck. him. Holy and shit! He, and he throws the P tapes wide up into the air, <laughs> and then your team, your teammate who's been doing some reconnaissance on the side, he's flanking around, and he sees that P tape way up in the sky. He sent, he pulls out his wand, and he like does like this magnet thing where it's like it shoots the P tapes right into his hands after he uses the flick of his wand. And guess what, bitch? There's magic in this world. Division Holy three, shit. division three, we figured out how to do magic. Fuck, I think you're onto something. I don't think there's been enough Tom Clancy games where they use magic. I don't think there've been any Tom Clancy yeah, games they where definitely they definitely have been use, enough. Where they use the occult, you know? Like yeah. Oh, wizards so you want and the, witches. You want this to be like fucking blood magic and shit? Like, I mean, it could be. It could. It could just like descend into that kind of shit. Like, you might have to like carve some some pentagrams in places and then and then people will be like well you can't do that that's the dark magic and then you can be like shut the fuck up i'm tom clancy is the division (laughs) main character there's gonna be one part of the the game where you're like standing on like the washington monument and you're like looking out onto the whole world and you're gonna look at the camera and you're gonna say this is the Tom Clancy's Division Three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I I really like this pitch. Um, if if I could, could I get you to? Uh, could you send me that piece of paper that says Tom Clancy on it? 
Oh, so you you want me to pass the mantle on? Well, so now just... you are Landon Ubisoft. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you, you just... want to be Landon Ubisoft? I've got some ideas, and listen, I don't don't get me. I love your ideas, love it. Mm-hmm. But I think we could go in a different direction with. Okay, me. good. Okay, sure. So yeah, I was kind of <laughs> waiting. I was kind of waiting for the moment for you to like kind of take charge on this one because I. I don't know exactly how well it's going to work. So, so you are now landing Ubisoft, and I have given you this this whole game that's going on here. What's the biggest hardware trend in gaming right now? Hardware trend. Yeah, like what's what's everyone getting in on? I think everyone's been trying. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people have been trying to get in on that virtual reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's that's what I'm thinking. Okay, so but I know what you're thinking when I'm when I say like virtual reality tom clancy you're thinking like okay put the headset on and then you're like a sneaky guy in the shadows shooting people really stealthily or you put on a different headset and now you're a guy that's like you're running through a hallway like blasting terrorists away going somewhere completely different with that right okay Mm -hmm. so this game you put you put that headset on and your eyes blink awake you your character wakes up and you, you stand up, you look around, and you're in a, a really nice bedroom. There's silk sheets all over your bed. You're in the, the middle of the biggest bed you've ever seen. And it's not just because this game has scaling issues because it's a VR game. But that's also in there. Um, but So you, you gotta like get up out of this bed, and you go into a mirror, and you look at this mirror, and you notice... You are Tom Clancy. Whoa. The man. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. You've got a sticky note stuck up on your mirror, and it just says, Write a new book. Love your publisher. Slash Love it's due myself. <laughs> so, in this game, you have to write a new Tom Clancy book, and you are beholden to the demands of your publisher. If there's if they discover a new type of brown person for you to get mad at, you have to put it in there. If there is, you know, like, hey, World War Two is really popular again. Can you like make another World War Two? You oh gotta God. do it, right? So you gotta you gotta type out all, but all the while you have to write a very very boring, not very interesting book that eventually will be turned into some sort of movie. Or video game or TV show that is inevitably more interesting than reading the book that you've written. Um, that's besides the point. Uh, so it's it's one hundred percent just typing away, tippity tap, you know. Oh, yep, yep, and he murders that, and you won't believe there's nukes involved. Oh my god, can you believe it? And uh, yeah, I think I think that's where it's because you know people are all about like. Games that are realistic. And what's more realistic than writing a very boring novel? You know? Like, who else would make a game about boring novels? No one. And that's as realistic as it gets. So. What are your thoughts? So this is like... The hunt for the hunt. For For Red Red October October 2. Like, you're like... You're scrapping your brain... Like red October two, more red, more 
Alec Baldwin in a submarine. Is he in I've never seen that movie. Is he I've in a never seen that movie. I've never seen Okay. Hey, there's some good Tom Clancy movies. So I think so what if in this game Tom Clancy makes my Tom Clancy's Harry Potter game? Uh well he would have to make it into a book first. So he makes uh, so Tom then, Clancy's like, the people could make Tom into... Clancy in the Sorcerer's Oil. Yeah, yeah. And then it's okay. Now I I just just sent you a link that I just found. Mm-hmm. And, that is uh, effectively Tom Clancy's. That is effectively a real life version of the game you are currently pitching. <laughs> Holy shit! This game looks awesome. <laughs> And it's made by the guy who made Gunpoint. It's really funny because this guy's name is Tom Francis. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> so it could theoretically be called Tom uh, Francis Tactical Breach Wizards. <laughs> Which would be really funny. <laughs> um, I just I just hate that I, it took me until now, you to know. To think that something someone had already made this game. Yeah, you know. Um, I had previously mentioned to you when we were talking about our ideas that uh, one of the Harry Potter games is just straight up a third-person shooter. But I like your idea yeah. more than that. And I like, think I like I mean, your so idea like, this more is, than this the is Tactical take, Breach Wizard. Yeah, this is taking that, like, the idea of, like, a Harry Potter shooter is not the entire thing of this. Yeah. This is, like, if the Division also just had magic in it which see and i think that's way more interesting right what if what if to make it even more interesting what if it didn't just have magic but what if you and your team are the only people who have ever had or used magic and everyone experiencing your magic users experiencing it for the first time so they're all like yo so you have to like explain to people like you like after you, like, wand them to death, you have to explain to them, I just use magic to kill you, bitch. Or, like, you'll, like, use magic in front of this kid, and you're like, oh, sorry that I did this. Uh, by the way, uh, Santa is fake, but my magic is real. And then and I'm, like, I'm not going to make Santa real because of it. And you, like, summon, like, this gigantic monster that eats garbage. And then you tell him, this is just how the world is now. And then he eats the kid. Because inevitably, damn, the kid is garbage. Well, that's fucked up. You took this to a dark place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we got. I think we've we got some so, good ideas. So I I need to back up a little bit. So the idea is Tom Clancy writes a book that is essentially Harry Potter, but decidedly adding that little Tom Clancy charm of being racist. Because I'm pretty sure Tom Clancy was just racist. Oh yeah. I'm betting. Uh, so Tom wanna... Clancy writes a racist book about Harry Potter being magical. And then Ubisoft sees that book and they're just like, well, what if we took a little bit of the racism out and made this into a video game? So in my game, the VR game, where everyone is writing all of these novels, right? Mm-hmm. It turns out that people at Ubisoft, because, you know, I'm president, I'm going to make them do this. They all have to read those novels. And then the best one, they turn into a game. So all you gotta do is write that novel in my game. We'll make your your game. Boom. Just like that. Done. Oh, so it's like this. It's like a big chain. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a big... It's like a key party for video games. 
So I think it sounds like Ubisoft <laughs> is just outsourcing a lot of people's ideas to just make their new game. I think Ubisoft might be out of ideas for Tom Clancy's games. Yeah, our, so we're not just talking about the Tom Clancy. We're also talking about the Beyond Good and Evil 2 stuff, right? Is that... I, I think I think I think when we announce this game at E3, we're gonna have we're gonna have JGL show up. Okay, and he's gonna be like, "Hey, so <laughs> he's gonna walk out in a what if what if you what if you guys made this game for us and then we pay you like one one fiftieth of a developer's salary <laughs> to make this game for us? Hi, my name is JGL, and that's why I refer to myself colloquially." As Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Hello, I'm I'm the JGL. That would be cool. Play, if, play my game, won't you? You might remember me from 50-50 Days of Summer. <laughs> Here I am today to pitch this idea where you make Ubisoft's games for us. <clears throat> and then... They exist. <laughs> hmm. I... Yeah. I think I like, this. I, I think, think this all. I think this all ties together. Yeah. I think. J, I think it's JGL all the way down. I think he makes all these games and then he builds this. He builds this space. So we were talking about earlier, like the emergent gameplay. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to to create emergent game development, where he creates all of these tools for us to make Hot games damn. for them. Yeah. You know. So yeah. he's like, I've made. Tom Clancy's racism simulator. <laughs> so you strap on that virtual headset, you make your Tom Clancy, you write these racist books, and then those racist books get and put into this from pipeline. The racist books become Harry Potter and the less brave, racist. And Tom Clancy's yeah. Harry Potter and the Brave Excelsior Toaster. or whatever oh. that this space space magic division game is. I think I think JGL pulled off the greatest heist of them all. Well, and it, you know when we inevitably make the tie-in movie, who do we cast as Harry Potter? JGL. JGL, yeah. Because Daniel he's, Radcliffe's he's already there. Movie, he's just he's like, I'm it. fucking already here. Yeah. We've never heard him do a bad British accent before, so why not now? Yeah, he's ne- never in any of his movies has he done a bad British accent. So I think we can rely on him to do a good one for this I think, movie. I think... Or maybe, maybe like after Harry Potter turned into a cop, he like... All oh, right, because got he did like actually a, he turn got, into a cop. Yeah, yeah, like when yeah when Harry Potter became a cop, maybe he just like he has to become has a like an American. He has too. like an American accent now. Like he just talks American. He's like, "Hey, I'm walking here. I'm Harry Potter, and I hey, I'm a cop now. Yeah, I'm Harry Potter, and I shoot my gun. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. I got it. I got it. Okay, so Harry Potter." becomes the cop in the books you know mm-hmm. but then there's a murder right and the murder that happens is to uh, a magic kid a uh, wizard there we go okay um, <laughs> who who had a muggle father and a witch mother and they're both missing but you notice that uh there's also a muggle police detective researching this case and that that muggle police detective gets pulled in to the world of wizardry and it's like this gritty hardcore like yo i i can shoot a dude with my glock or or my, or my wizard partner my harry over Rick here De, rick decempra his ass 
yeah, this this dude over here can like make all the blood leave your body for like two seconds. What's it gonna be, bitch? It's it's bad cop, bad wizard. You bitch. Tom Clancy's bad cop, bad wizard. There it is. That's the name of the game and also this podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy shit. So yeah, I think I think Joseph Gordon Levitt shows up at E three and he says that this is what the fucking deal is. Yeah. And we all have to listen to him because I think I think ever since Five Hundred Days of Summer came out, like we've all collectively like given Joseph Gordon Levitt like the hardest of passes. Oh, like I think yeah. Joseph Gordon Levitt could like kill the president, and oh, yeah. everybody would be totally on board with it. <laughs> yes, but I don't think I don't think that that's necessary. I don't think that's because of Joseph. You know yeah, I think that's that's more on a waka you know. waka. Yeah. Okay, but he could like he could straight up like he could like steal from an ice cream factory, and people would be like. Oh, he deserved to do that. No, it's I Joseph. Mean, I, it's JGL. I would say anyone it's JGL. deserved to do that. I'm saying like he could get away with like kicking a kid down the Grand Canyon or something like that. You'd like, be like, well, it's JGL. He's the yeah. one who showed up for the Beyond Good and Evil. Remember when conference. he was really sad at that party in that movie? Like he just he he deserves he this. this. Yeah. Remember when he walked on on the ceiling in uh, Interstellar? Inception. It's you know what? It's Nolan's fault that he named those similar. <laughs> I'm just Yeah. I think we I think we got I think we got our game. I think we, we shipped something. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I think Ubisoft is gonna have to to let us know how much money that we get because I think I think JGL might have might have uh kind of cornered us out of this whole deal. I think he might have might have brought this to to our higher ups without letting us know. So yeah. I don't I don't know if our checks are going to be as big as we kind of anticipated. I do hope that we get paid though, even if it's one 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 fiftieth, yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know. I it's only it's tricky with JGL. You know he he's a <clears throat> he's a wascally wabbit, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> well, um. I think that's the end of the episode. Do you have anything you, you want to add? Uh, I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to this show. Yeah, it's thanks very, for tuning in, guys. Yeah, thank you for tuning in. Um, we're basically on a lot of different podcast formats now. Yeah, um, on all of pretty them. Much I'm everything. pretty sure you can find us on everything. Just thanks about to, anything. to Anchor for doing yeah, that. Anchor's hands. super nice. Um, so if you are listening on Anchor, I think you do get an opportunity to listen a little bit earlier than those other um, formats. Cause I think it takes a little bit for like the internet to like process that we've like posted and everything. But like yep, once there's... we upload it on anchor, it's like immediate. So like if you're listening on anchor, you hear it first there, but like everything else, like if you listen on like iTunes, Spotify, whatever it shows up after like a day or so. So yep. if those work for you, keep listening on there. Um, what I do ask for you guys, if you do listen to the show, even if you don't, listen to us on like the iTunes podcast format or whatever it's called. If you could go onto iTunes and uh, give us a rating, that'd yes, be great. That would be very because, helpful. Let us um, know if we can change and improve anything. Yeah. Um, and um, if you do rate us on iTunes, if you want to put like a suggestion of like a game franchise or like 
just like a general game idea that you would want us to tackle in in a future episode. Um, the first few people to do that on iTunes, um, we will definitely consider for uh, future episodes. If it's like a game franchise that like neither of us neither of us have like any experience in, we might not do it. But yeah. we'll we'll probably do it. Yeah, if if it's big enough to where it's it's in the zeitgeist then even though neither of us have played it, we can still probably work our we, way. We'll, we'll figure so. something out. Like, unless it's like something like weird where it's like, we want you to make the new, I was going to uh, oh, I, I was going to say, say the cl- Toads. I was going to say Clash of Demon Head. And like, as soon as I said that, I was like, you know what? That would actually be a really fucking good episode. Yeah. Yep. Like, the Clash of Demon Head was like Metroidvania before we called them Metroidvanias. Yep. So like rebooting Clash of Demon Head would be like super not like easy, but like or not not it even could, like effortless, but like it would be the sort of thing that like makes a lot of sense because it's like yeah. the Clash of Demon Head was like way too ahead of its time where it's like it sucked because a Metroidvania in NES times was just bad. Yeah by design metro like one if some is yeah great like if somebody if they like took the rights to clash of demon head and made a new clash of demon head game right now oh they'll fucking yeah. sell like hotcakes yep yep that could be a future episode but who knows if you who if knows? you want us to do clash of demon head let us know yeah. but um anyways or if you descent, want to please someone request descent i wanted yeah or descent, descent episode <laughs> yeah anyway yeah just give us a rating on itunes on the itunes store whatever it's called the i apple apple podcasts apple pods apple pods whatever it is just leave us a rating um or you can tweet at us at uh ship my game on twitter let us know the exact same thing if there's any like franchises or specific game types you want us to tackle in a future episode yep um and julian where can we reach you on twitter besides the shift game besides the shift game um yeah you can find me on twitter at uh jubear j-u-b-e-a-r 720 so jubear 720 so i uh, yeah i don't have any like um i don't have any like whatever fucking accounts but what i do have is uh let me pull up some some shit hang on just give me a second okay so the the big thing lately on Twitter is you know getting fired for some of your old tweets. You yeah. Know? Okay. So let me go through some of my. So I'm gonna t- put the cart in front of the horse. You know. Oh, you want to get where, some of those like? Out yeah, of I'm gonna. The way. Yeah, I'm gonna get some oh. of my. T- so I'm gonna you know air out some of my bad tweets. Some of those dirty laundries. Oh man, I don't know how to do this. I'm trying to like pull up like really old tweets so that I can like roast myself. But there is a specific way to look for yeah, and I'm trying by to, yeah, specific I'm tr- username, right? So like I have the from my name, and then it's like you do like until I don't know, it doesn't matter. But anyways, uh, here are some tweets. Uh, this is from 2010. You know that episode of Hashtag Glee where Emma Pillsbury sits in her car and balls her eyes out? Doing it right now, and it's bloody therapeutic. That wow. was I didn't know you were ago. British eight years ago. Here's one from uh, April 13th, 2010. Damn it, three more Hashtag Arthurs until Hashtag Glee starts. So, a little bit of explanation for this. Uh, there was a point in high school where I would, um... I would use Arthur's as a measurement of time 
So Arthur's were like approximately 12 to 13 minutes of time because that was the approximate amount of time per like Arthur episode. Oh, are we talking like, like Arthur the Aardvark? Yeah, Arthur the Aardvark. Yeah, Arthur on PBS. So Arthur okay. on PBS. So like each hey of those episodes. So like, yeah, hey Arthur. So like it'll be an episode. <laughs> so like, you know, it was an episode and then there was like that, that middle part where it was like, yeah, oh, she here's some football head. We're like, oh, here are these, here are kids doing doing stuff at their school and then we'll have another arthur episode yeah so yeah, each yeah. of those arthurs was like 13 ish minutes long okay. so that's what a unit so i used arthurs as a unit of measurement of okay. time back in high school of like oh if i watch like oh i need to go meet this person in four arthurs <laughs> so that was like you know like approximately like a little less than an hour you know, because you yeah, could okay. fit in four episodes of Arthur or before you would, be you would like, before you would have to meet up with this person. Yeah, or you would be like, ah, uh, looking at the movie times and it looks like the Dark Knight Rises is it's fifteen like Arthur's six, long. It's like six, seven, eight Arthurs. That's a lot of Arthurs. Like you could learn a lot about yourself and your friends in the amount of time that it would take you to watch this fucking movie about some clown. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's at Jewbear720 on Twitter. Yeah. People so any of you fucking Nazis want to try to get me fired, guess what? I'm already fired. <laughs> it fired myself. Yeah, I'll just fire. I'll, yeah, I'll just fire myself as like a fucking. That's talk about a virtual signal for that. <laughs> okay. Well, where can we uh, find you, Landon? Uh, I am at Landon Van Bus on Twitter. Uh, all one word and uh thanks for listening everyone yeah we've got some cool shit coming up in these next few episodes there's a really 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 interesting one um, that we had with our friend dylan that you might have heard uh in our last couple episodes with pokemon if you haven't make sure you definitely check those out please check those out those were really really good if you liked having dylan on there i actually got some feedback saying that it was really nice to have you know, another person with their, like, perspective on a lot of the shit, especially for the Pokemon stuff. Yep. Um, I think Dylan really, really, really hits, like, like he, he hits, like, max level of doing the podcast with us yes. in this next episode. I don't want to spoil any more of it, but it's, he really, he really, he really does a really good <laughs> he job. He hits his stride. Yeah, he really, really hits his stride in a way that is almost inexplicable. Yep. Couldn't, couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not a spoiler but a little tease uh we are basically as much of an audience on this next episode as you the listener are yeah the whole thing was quite quite the journey so uh please stay tuned for that and uh Mm -hmm. let us know how we're doing yeah uh uh, like comment subscribe yep and uh thanks for checking us out uh enjoy your burrito (laughs) what (laughs) What? Okay, wait, wait, enjoy your burrito? Is that like our thing now? That's how Chris Hardwick ends his podcast. Oh, I'm leaving that out then. <laughs> um, see you guys, fuck Chris Hardwick. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about what he does. Fucking Talking Dead, more like talking out of his dick hole. Yeah, that's right. I think that's gonna be a really good angle if we like fucking come at Chris Hardwick. Yeah. I'm gonna at Chris Hardwick on this next one and be like, hey, fucker. You're a fucking, yeah. Yeah, you, you like shit my game? Listen to the end of this newest episode. We're gonna fucking tear you a new one, motherfucker.